So hi everyone and welcome to today's episode of Seablue Smart. I'm Orla Murphy, co-founder of Seablue Marketing and we're a team of marketing experts who work with high growth tech sector businesses. Today we're talking about the impact that external investment has on marketing leaders and indeed marketing as a function and I'm delighted to be joined today by Sarah Whip who is CMO and Head of Go-To-Market Strategy at CallSign. CallSign are a pioneering intelligent authentication platform. Um, Sarah welcome thank you for joining us today. Uh, maybe you'd like to introduce yourself and a little bit of your, your background. Certainly, and hi Ola, thank you very much for the opportunity. Um, I'll talk firstly about call sign because obviously that, that's my passion and reason why I'm here. Um, and as you say, we, we are pioneering in the authentication digital trust space. Um, and we've done that through a lot of machine learning models and AI algorithms that basically try and mimic the way a human would identify each other in real life, as opposed to these really horrible, clunky ways that we have to try and identify we are who we are on the web. So we, we get rid of all the password elements. We don't even need biometrics. We can look at behavior and device and privacy-based machine learning to be able to make sure we build up a picture of the individual and confirm identity very, very simply and incredibly securely. So it's an exciting place to be in. It's something I think is really, really important in the world today with the number of fraudsters that are around. Yeah, absolutely. And Definitely. So very excited about that. My background actually isn't startups or scale ups. My background, um, as you know, because we did work together many, many years ago, um, it was um, in really big businesses, really big known brands like Symantec, McAfee, more recently running marketing for S&P Global Ratings, which was crazy because that was in a, a regulated industry. So I've worked for real big behemoth companies um, and this is my first experience of startup now scale up um, three years down the line and a lot of grey hairs later. <laughs> so how have you found that change going from these large corporate organisations and you know I, I guess the benefits that that you know in, involves going to that you know I said more nimble agile scale up business? Yeah it, it's mad I mean I think I, I, I didn't realise how cosseted I'd been and it, it's ridiculous, right? You think you're doing a really good job. You hope you're doing an important job. You hope you're making a difference to your clients and within the company and big, big teams. Like you, you, you find yourself working as essentially being a manager of people. And almost, I think I've, I was never really certain if I was a good marketeer, um, if I'm being honest, because I've never really had the opportunity to just figure it out by myself. So it's really different, really, really different. Um, but this was an opportunity to start from scratch. So they'd never had marketing before. Um, I got there, the website was one page and there was a one-sided data sheet and that was it. And it was really scary and dark. And I remember it was like, trust is learned. So I was like, I don't even know what that is. And I've been on your website and I don't even know what you do. Um, and I didn't interview. I was recommended by a friend to speak to the CEO because they were struggling to hire um, a CMO. So I said, well, I'll, I'll give you some advice. Um, and the more I started talking, the more excited I got about what they were building, how important that would be, I think, on a societal front, because there's a lot of people being defrauded. Um, and then just that opportunity to go, can I actually do this? Can I build a brand? So it's mad in terms of the different side of it. Um, a lot of scary moments. And I think I challenged myself more than I thought I ever thought was going to be possible. 
doing okay so far, but there's you know catastrophic mess ups. But that it, it's it's okay because you're testing and learning. That that that's how you can make it work. Yeah. Yeah. So would you say you were drawn by the the purpose and the opportunity you saw within the business? So actually that connection to to that the business purpose, business values, and then the opportunity to 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 test yourself as a marketer. Yeah, on on both fronts. I think the business, and then there's a third front actually, which is um, the founder and I are both from the north of England, and there's a big concept of actually we yes we're in London at the moment, but can we build jobs in the north? Um, and being able to because as you know, setting up your own business, you get fingers in many pies, right? So I got the opportunity to set up the apprenticeship program based out of the north. I got the opportunity to introduce CSR um, and help schools from disadvantaged backgrounds again, mainly in the north. So to be able to add those bits and actually feel that we're doing good as well as fulfilling the purpose on a broader level, helping the company set up in the US, um, in the UAE, in Singapore, we're in South Africa now, we're in South America, all of these firsts, it, it genuinely feels like I was given a gift. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful for the opportunity. Yeah, I'm, I know I can relate to that and I'm sure, you know, many of the, you know, the marketers that we work with in, in in similar stage businesses, that opportunity to build something from the ground up, um, is it, it feels hugely rewarding, um, doesn't it? Um, yeah. But now, as we think about you know you and 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 call sign, and I guess one of the things we we really wanted you know we wanted to talk about in in this um this podcast was around well, what does that um injection of in, investment into a business how does that change or you know and how has that changed how how you think and, and operate as a as a marketing leader so call sign have raised um investment and and we know there's a huge um explosion of um inward investment into the tech sector in the uk i think i read something like um in in the uk it hit 15 billion dollars in 2020 uh, so we're seeing this massive growth of inward investment is how has that changed your priorities as a as a marketing leader and, and indeed your your team um since since that happened well i think the first thing was i had to sort of you've got to set it up right um and assume is probably the wrong word focus on the fact that the plan that you put in place is the plan that you're going to achieve. So not really allow doubt to come into it. So from setting up at the beginning going, OK, what are the objectives? Or well, we want to be the biggest name in digital trust. We want to be this iconic brand. And if you're going to do that, you can't sort of set yourself up as a challenger brand. You can't set yourself up as being, you know, the, the plucky number two. You've got to set it and, and try and plot a path to say, well, we're going to be the king brand. Now, that isn't going to be the truth for every business because some businesses aren't going to be the king brand. They want to be a niche brand. Some want to be the rebel brand. And whatever that's going to be it is great. It, it, but you agree that with the CEO and with the with the board. And then it's about putting the paths in place, which is you're never going to be a king brand at the beginning. So you have to then define the pool that you're going to be the king brand in which is a very small and defined area. And then you say, well, how can I build this to being a name that actually a customer said to me yesterday, those in the know know you. And I was like, yes, that that's where I wanted to be right now. Yeah. Those in the know know who we are. Um, and then we're going to spread that a little bit to the next tier down and the broader levels. But we we set up a strategy of saying, OK, the, the key influencers, we want to be known to them. We don't, and then we want to get them advocating 
Um, and then we want to get more people and build it from there. So it's very much a strategy from the start of we know we have to influence investors and industry analysts. Investors, because they tell their portfolio companies about it, and also we're going for investment ourselves. Industry analysts, hugely influential. We need to get them saying, actually, this, this bright player maybe is something you could consider. And then you sort of reach out a bit more and you go, OK, we're going to do this more with perhaps some of the membership groups and get talking on that. And then you go, OK, who are the key journalists? Let's start a little bit more on that. And then what are the key events? We want to make sure that we're speaking there and we want to make sure we're speaking with really good clients um, at the same time, because we want to make sure that people see that we have good clients and that we're talking about things that are relevant and spread and spread and spread. So it didn't change. It, it, it was just more plotting the path to start with. And that 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 was key. And I'm, I'm sort of very conscious of the path that I put in place and talked to the investors about had to be right to start with and say, we're not going to deviate. We're going to test mm-hmm. and we're going to try things and we're going to test and we're going to learn. We won't go crazy, but we will build in one big direction and setting the team up for that. And I've also I think the other thing is the team has been so important. Started out, you know, obviously I had a, a designer that was working on UX as well. So came over to design there and then building one by one by one um, to a team of we're 12 now. Um, we're going to grow. We've got headcount for three that we're searching for at the moment. So we're growing crazily, but it's yeah, we've tripled in size in a year the marketing team, and that that's hard in it. It's right as well. Yeah. Um, as you absolutely well know, Ola, because uh, you know your team's growing bigger than that. But it, it it's hard when you're giving up parts of your job mm-hmm. that you know how to do, and you're bringing people in, and you've got to walk away from being the person who knew everything from the person who doesn't know as much yeah. um, and, and and keeping that confidence going. So, yeah, challenges, I think, on the way. And I, I guess the other thing I'd say is that, and I don't know if this resonates with you, but that the tiredness you experience of moving from strategic to tactical mm-hmm. minute by minute is exhausting like I've never felt. Um, you're nodding, so I don't know if it's the same, but that's the bit that, no, that I don't think I could have been warned about. I didn't expect my brain to to struggle in that movement yeah and and do you think that's because like you're constant as you move from strategy to tactics and and you mentioned Sarah it's you know a key part of the message that you've you know communicated to to investors that you know we have a plot we're here and this is where we want to get to what we will do is test and learn not going crazy as you said but but that continuous test and learn is that what you're finding that you know the most um tiring I guess as you as you switch the brain from strategic to tactical and and back again it it is and I I think it's that it's also the the practicalities of one minute you are you know you you're talking to name x investor and then the minute you're writing a data sheet yeah or responding to the tweet and you and it's different parts of your brain um and I think for most people I know say they've struggled with imposter syndrome when you've got no leading or lagging measures because you're forging new ground and you're not certain anything's going to work and you're second guessing yourself the whole way through and desperately trying to go, okay, did that work? How can I explain that works? And that time period, it's actually quite a scary time. And I think letting self-doubt come in is probably the biggest danger. Yeah. I, I, I can I can absolutely yeah, relate. Yeah. I can relate to that for sure. And um, have you have you found any, you know, 
any mechanisms or you know either press the coping strategies or, or or strategies and processes that you've introduced to the team to help overcome that you know you are forging new ground you haven't done this before as you say there are no lead or lagging measures so I guess how have you been able to kind of overcome that? I don't know if I have. <laughs> I think no. I mean, I'm still still there. You know, you you talk to people, you sort of sound it out. Um, like you know, yourself, you you you've got the network of friends who you've grown up with as as marketers in tech that you can get on the phone to and go, oh my god, am I insane? Is this right? Help with that. So that they've been hugely helpful. Um, the team I've got blow me away. I've I've been blessed throughout my career. I've I've worked with some extraordinary people. Um, I've been really very, very lucky. And I've got extraordinary people here. I've worked with you. You're one of the extraordinary people that I got to work with. And, and as you know, sometimes you just have to talk things out and go, OK, we've got the logic. This is what we wanted to. We always know what we wanted to achieve and then understanding what those measures possibly could be. Um, and I do use the industry analysts quite a bit, actually, more than I thought I would. Yeah. Um, but I know Caroline's been on the podcast, I think, and she's yes. Caroline Dennington, who look, runs after Dennington AR. She's extraordinary. Um, and so she she's helped us introducing there and just going, what should we be thinking? Where should we be there? So just a lot of checking with people yeah. um, and doubting and talking to clients. Yeah, I'm. I'm really glad you brought brought up the um. You brought up the analyst because it was actually something I was going to ask you about. Because I think it. You know, I, I can definitely recognise that the value of of working with your your peer group as well. But I think the analysts offer a different perspective, don't they? And I think building that relationship and getting that feedback as to what they see in the market. So you've had that experience, and I think you know, as oh. you say, working with Caroline. But well, without doubt, I mean, I would really like we change the website we asked Gartner to look at it and just say tell us you know be, be and they're brutal sometimes but rightly so yeah. um but you need people who are not invested in you yeah. or feel guilty for not helping you or work with you or mm -hmm. you know whatever you, you need that dis, this that dispassion I think yeah. that comes back so they they've been very very helpful yeah. um and I think you know I think sometimes you you've just got to almost talk yourself through it and go no this is the right thing stay 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 strong um you get through and celebrate every win however yeah. small celebrate every win um and we, we tried to do that during covid um we were one of the teams that we, we we came in as soon as we could we tried to stay together we tried not to make it remote um because i think that's the bit when we we almost lost um a little bit of the momentum it came it became very transactional um as a marketing team and we're not i don't think marketeers are transactional we, we're not we we have to engage um and so we we fought to try and keep together to be able to to stay the course and i think that was one of the most difficult times yeah yeah not 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 having that that connection um yeah. i think so what you said there i i can totally relate um in terms of um talking things out loud so you know actually verbalizing and communicating can help you yeah. identify things that aren't you know right or adjustments that you'd want to make um i also relate to getting uh, you know i'm gonna say critical but constructive external input and feedback on is this the right thing to do and i absolutely recognize celebrating the the small yeah. wins i think when you're going through a period of rapid change and, and transition right it's really important to to recognize and 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 celebrate and reward the, those small 
wins and, and, and milestones on on the journey. Absolutely. No, and I see you do. I see on LinkedIn, I see Blue doing that all the time. I think it's a really good culture that you've built to make sure that your team are doing that. Well, we that, you know, we, we try and, we're, and we're, we're definitely on that journey, too. But it's, you know, it sounds like it's a it's a parallel journey to where you're at with um with call sign and, and the team as well. Um, one thing I wanted to ask Sarah as well was um, so we spoke about, I, I guess, the, you know, the strategy and, and that that, you know, oscillation between strategy and tactics has, I guess, the the need for process and reporting and expectation has that changed you know you've got other you know shareholders and stakeholders in the business involved has that changed how you how you think and and work and maybe how you feel as a marketing leader yeah i i've always hated you'll know this i i've hated the measures that b2b marketers put in not to measure ourselves and within the department but the ones that they've chosen to share more broadly because i I mean, this might be controversial, please challenge me on it, but I felt we almost wanted to become a bit sales-like mm-hmm. in terms of numbers, 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 mm-hmm. and rely on the lead conversion rates. Mm-hmm. And they're important, don't get me wrong, and I think they're important for marketing to know. I think marketing should be doing it and we need to be iterating. I'm not certain they're the right measures that investors care about. Okay. Certainly at, at the level that I've been at and in terms of what we're trying to do, we sell, certainly for my company, we, we sell sort of multi-billion dollar in the deals. Mm-hmm. If you're doing that, leads are tens. Yeah. And it, it, it's not a great metric, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're, it's very difficult to get that measure in place to start with and build on it. So talk very much to the investors about, well, what is it that we're looking at? Where do you look? And there's been... It's quite disquieting sometimes in terms of what they look at, but Gartner mentions a key. So understanding the industry analysts and those recommendations are really important. Um, They look to where customers are thinking and customer satisfaction. The measures that they're looking for for me are very much brand measures and brand health because it's the longer term measure. And it's it's irritating because they're more difficult, right? The yeah. leads are, you can measure leads, you can understand account penetration. We're attaching ourselves to sales. We're, it, it's a lot easier than trying to go, well, I believe our brand is at this point and we need it to be at this point and, and this is the growth to get there without putting a massive measurement in place that would cost a fortune. And actually, I'd rather be using that building the brand. So we've had to sort of do this measure place and a lot of discussions. I sat down with finance and said, all right, you know, you're, you're the guys who need to look at this. Let We'll talk you through everything we do and how we look at it. And let's sit down together and brainstorm the measures that we think make sense. And I've never done that before. I've always been a bit transactional with finance, but it was really valuable because now the measures we've got are much more around. We, we did a massive event at the beginning of the year, our first branded event. Um, and we got, you know, over a thousand attendees, but that wasn't important. What was important was 35 of the top 71 banks in the world attended. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was the measure that we cared about. Whereas before it would have been, oh, we got a thousand attendees. I don't care if they're students. That, that wrong measure. It was how how far penetrated are we into our core customers that we want to sell to as a, a banking aimed event? Um, but it was with a lot of discussion to get to that point. And I've got finance going, no, we believe this was a success because it's the penetration into our core accounts. Yeah. 
OK, that, that's a good measure. That won't be the measure in terms of the website. Um, actually, from that, from a brand building, we're looking at how many people are coming back and we're looking on social how many followers we've got because we started with zero and now each of our competitors and we're gradually overtaking them because they're all people that will amplify and that's more of a brand reach message. So I guess a bad answer, but I had to sit down and just talking to the people and go, what will make you see that this is going in the right direction and let's report on that. Don't get me wrong, I still have all the right measures within the team. It, it's just they were they were, were meaningless to report outside. Yeah, I love that. Um, so there's two things. I, you know, I, I'm definitely off the the view of um the metrics by which B2B marketing is measured needs an overhaul, and I think we could have a whole other you know <laughs> episode just talking about that. Um, I, I think we're we're aligned in, in the view of the need for short and long term metrics. It's so important. So that investment in in the brand, yeah. um, for for longer term sustainable growth as well as then what you would measure in in the short term not to be measured on you know mqls or, or leads but you know that conversion that opportunity that pipeline in the short term how are you contributing to the short-term financial success but ultimately building long-term value in in the brand so we could do a whole other <laughs> episode talking about that uh, something i i, I have some strong points on as well but what's actually interesting as well and and incidentally it did come up in a in another a podcast episode with um Stephen Mosley who's CMO of a company called VizRT and he spoke about the importance of having a really good relationship with your your finance team as well and actually sitting down and really working in partnership with with your finance team right and and agreeing those metrics by which you will measure and report on on success so it sounds like you've had exactly the same experience and would recommend the same approach it, with small companies right you, you you've got to be on the same page and yeah when you get sort of our finance team are all ex-kpmg the measures they are used to are really different and we all sort of understand that so it's only by having a discussion and talking about how this can work that we we can get something that becomes meaningful for the business yeah absolutely yeah partnership collaboration across the different business units and different uh, functions absolutely it's and i think that's i don't know if you agree but that, that's been one of the the big things about being a startup scale up there's none of the politics there's none of the insider agendas no one's trying to go oh well we're better than marketing because because i think everyone would just look at them and go what are you doing where, where is your energy mm -hmm. right the energy is all about trying to drive this business forward and solving identity for people it's not about petty insider squabbles and i'm not going to cast aspersions at any you know previous employer but i've witnessed my fair share of politics in my time and i know where i'd rather be now yeah, it's 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 refreshing um, yeah. when you when you've had that experience and you step into a new uh, a new realm um, to to see everyone is pointing in the same direction and wanting to do the right things. Um, so I, I, again, I, I I can I can relate to that, uh, Sarah. Um, finally, um, thinking about you know maybe the things that you you have learned on on this you know three year journey so far with Call Sign, and maybe thinking about. Um, marketing leaders um, in companies like call signs so starting out on this yeah. journey I guess was you know what would be your advice or, or the key learnings or things you wish you'd known um, as you started out that you'd you'd share with them um, 
with other CMOs and marketing leaders? I think make sure you understand you're also marketing to your investors, potential ones, because with each round that you go through, it's different investors. And, you know, you you get to the point where you're marketing to the big boys, right? And they've got to see a brand that they want to invest in. And whatever aspirational vision message you're pursuing in the decks, and and I'm lucky, right, I get to work on a lot of the investment work, but you have to then show that in reality. So um, just even this week, we're at Money 2020 in Vegas in a couple of weeks, and we've got investors saying, oh, we'll meet you there. And you go, okay, so our presence there has to be appropriate for investors as well as clients as well as prospective clients, as well as employees. So it's a very broad range of clients that, that you're trying to market to. I think, I don't think I appreciated that because they're, they're, they're real, right? And you see them and they've got my number on short dial and they can ring me anytime. So that, that that's really clear. Um, and then I think it's about the strategy. You are part of the strategy in a scale up. Some cases you're lucky enough to be a core part of the strategy, which, which, which I am. So make sure that you, you're marketing to that and, and don't be little marketing. I do see a lot of, it's funny when you, you get different recruiters and they ring and they go, oh, I want a, a VP of marketing for a startup. And you go, a VP, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And they all, they want demand gen. And, and I, I guess I would say, don't take one of those jobs mm-hmm. because at that point, you're not going to be able to grow it from the, the scale. They just want someone, they, they want a marketing operations person. They don't want, a leader of marketing mm-hmm. and they don't see marketing as being a core piece um and it's been interesting seeing the different types of startups and scale-ups and and what they're looking for for marketing um so yeah i, I guess my advice is make make sure you're at the strategic end because i don't think you can show marketing's value any other way wow that that's great advice sarah and you know even for people thinking about you know moving into organizations to look at you know how is marketing perceived in that business am i able to have a key role in driving you know influencing the strategic direction of the business acting as that voice of the customer in the market into the business um yeah so that really great advice um so no thank you so much as i said i think i might come back to you to have a <laughs> a whole other discussion about um b2b marketing metrics because i think we could we could probably talk for for hours on on the subject but thank you so much for your time today sarah i think it's really insightful for marketers in your position and those you know embarking on that journey of inwards investment thank you fantastic my pleasure thanks ola